Hi everybody, my name is Nick Beard. I'm the audiovisual director here at Peninsula Covenant Church, or PCC. Welcome to our message podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Okay, that was weak. Come on, Merry Christmas, everybody. Ah, I feel the love. I feel the love. Awesome. My name's Gary. I've been part of this community for over 20 years. And like Tony, I've been shaped by this community. And I'm glad you're here. I love Christmas Eve and I love being together. I want to just take some time and reflect with us a little bit uh, for about 15 minutes and just talk through uh, what this means and bring it a little bit deeper for us. Now, how many of you like biographies? All right, I love reading biographies. And in November, I came across an unusual one. It's a biography of, maybe you've heard, Shrek. Anyone know Shrek? Okay, I'm not talking about that Shrek, okay? This is not the ogre. This is a biography of, true story too, of Shrek the sheep. Shrek lived in New Zealand with 17,000 of his buddies. Shrek was a a merino sheep, and they are raised for their meat, not their wool. Uh, So their wool grows over the years, and every year they need to be shorn. Uh, The problem is the merino sheep are scared of the shearers. Uh, And I don't know what's the problem with that. Every week I get sheared, and it's just fine, okay? Uh, But they're scared. So Shrek somehow thought, you know what? I know how to do life better than my shepherd. And so Shrek made a break for it. This is a true story. And he ran away from the 17,000 sheep, and more importantly, the shepherd. And for six years, Shrek was on his own. I guess sheep, uh, shepherds can't count. They didn't know the difference between 17,000 and 16,999. For six years, he lived isolated in a cave and in greater danger than he realized. Shrek was finally found six years later. And this is what he looked like when they found him. What? <laughs> Shrek was carrying six times the weight that normal merino sheep carry, 60 pounds of weight. He was in grave danger and emaciated when they found him. And more importantly, or more sadly, Shrek was living in a cave completely isolated and more burdened than he was designed to be. I guess life apart from the shepherd wasn't all that Shrek thought it would be. I can relate to that because in the Bible, did you know that uh, we are related in the Bible many times we are called sheep because our hearts are prone to wander. They're prone to walk away. In our minds, we think we know better than the shepherd how to do life. Uh, One of my favorite passages about this, it's not one of my favorites, it's actually a very truthful and, and sad passage, but it's in the Hebrew scriptures in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. It says this, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. For many reasons, we are all have this sense of wandering. We have a wanderlust. And that wanderlust away from our great shepherd makes us vulnerable. It gives us burdens that we weren't ever created to carry. And we carry weights that we were never designed to have. As a matter of fact, what I want to get across to everybody, and the reason I so identified with this biography is because I'm Shrek. That's me. There we go. (laughs) Do you see the resemblance, anybody? You know what? You're Shrek too, right? 
And what I wanna talk about tonight, just in my short time that I have, is the reality is uh, Christmas, what does it really mean? What is it all about? Christmas is actually the worst news and the best news that could ever come to the human race. What? Yeah, it's the worst news. In other words, Christmas is a declaration. You have wandered, every one of us, and we are in grave danger in carrying burdens that we weren't designed to carry. But it's also the best news that you are more loved than you could ever imagine. And the God of the universe did the unthinkable when you wandered away. He ran after you. He unzipped heaven and stepped into time to let you know you weren't designed to dwell in isolation, in a cave, burdened away from your shepherd. So there's two things I just really want to quickly drive home around this. What does Christmas mean to me? Here's the first. Christmas is a time to release my fears. Christmas is a time to release my fears. Uh, Let's go to the shepherds and the sheep the night Christ was born. Uh, Luke talks about that night, and he says this in Luke chapter 2. He says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. Uh, this wasn't written in English. The Bible was written in a different language called Greek, a dead Greek language called Koine Greek. And in the original construct, it takes the word for fear in the Greek language, which is phobos, we get phobia from it, and it puts them together and puts the word mega in between it. They feared a great fear. They were terrified with great terror. That's what it means. And the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Now, what's going on here? Why would people be afraid if God stepped into time? What would, I, what would cause terror? My premise to you is most of us deep down inside interact with God on the basis of fear, not on the basis of love. Uh, of course, for, for a couple reasons. One, whenever you, we receive, even in our human condition, in our normal cultural conditions, unexpected news from an authoritative figure, we usually fear the worst. I'll give you an example. True story, in October, I got a letter from the IRS. I didn't call my wife and go, look, honey, the U.S. government wrote me. This is so cool, right? I feared the worst. That's what we do. Whenever an unexpected message comes from an authoritative source, we fear the worst. Combine that with we're a culture of fear. U.S. News reports that 20% of people walk around with bona fide phobias. One in five of us have truly diagnosed phobias. I'll give you the worst fear in America. I did a little research on this. Uh, here it is. Does anyone know what arachnophobia is? Yeah, fear of spiders. Uh, how about this one? Misophobia. Do you know what that is? Fear of germs, one of the top four fears people have, fear of germs. Maybe you've heard of this one, ephibophobia. That's the fear of teenagers. Uh, can you just stand up for a second? Yeah, Look, here's a teenager. She's okay, everybody. We don't need to be afraid of them. It's awesome. Claustrophobia, the fear of Santa Claus. Thank you. Here's the deal. Angels weren't talking about that kind of fear. When the angels said, don't be afraid, they weren't saying, you don't need to have social phobias anymore. They were talking about that deep, innate sense. And just track with me for a minute. I don't think my condition is unlike yours. 
None of us in this room live up to our own human standards. We each have a standard for ourselves and none of us live up to it, let alone God's standards. If there's a perfect God and I'm gonna meet with him one day, that causes great fear. Because I have to account for my one and only life before a perfect holy God. These angels weren't God, but they were in the presence of God. And whenever they broke through into time, the first thing out of their mouths 100% of the time to humans was, don't be afraid. They were so close to God, they weren't God, but their presence caused great fear. Now, just track with me. Jesus came to change all that. Jesus came to earth to say to human beings, I no longer want you to have to deal with me on the basis of fear. So I've taken a form you can relate to, and I'm gonna take the punishment you deserve for your wandering and moral rebellion. And better than that, I'm gonna take the burden off of you and I'll put it on me so that you and I can relate on the basis of love, not fear. Isn't that good news? But that leads to my second and final point that Christmas means to me. It's a taste of our possible forever. It's a taste of our possible forever. That heaven doesn't have to start when you die. You can have an experience of heaven on earth by relating to God on a regular moment by moment basis. I'm not telling you if you become a follower of Jesus, all your troubles are put away and you have a Disney life. There's people in this very room that could stand up at this point and say, yeah, I have troubles. I, I talked to a woman uh, after the third service tonight who has a chronic illness, and in the midst of it, she was just talking about how sweet that chronic illness, that her relationship with Christ is in the midst of it. That's what I'm talking about, your forever relationship with God, the communication, the intimacy, the oneness. Let's pick it up in that story with the shepherds. The angel, after he said, don't be afraid, look what it says. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. That's gonna cause great joy. And I love this part. It's for all people. Jesus is for the world. Some two billion people tonight are gathering like we are all around the world. Some in grave danger of the very lives for gathering, worshiping this Jesus. He's for all the people. He said, today in the town of David, a savior's been born to you. Four times that second person singular pronoun is used in this passage. It's like the angels were saying to these outcast shepherds, this is for you, this is for you, this is for you. You qualify, you can get in on this. God wants a relationship with you. See, the good news dispels the God myths that God is not detached or distracted or distant. God came to earth to tell us personally, I want a relationship with you. I believe inside all of us, we have this innate homing device. We long to have a, a sense of home. Uh, I have five daughters and it's rare, three of them are out of the house, but for the last three days, they've all been under the same roof. It's been just pure bliss. Not pure bliss, it's not perfect, almost so, it's been great. Last night we were going to bed and they were in the jacuzzi together and I could just hear them talking and laughing and I just thought, this is, this is so great. They're home, they're home. Can you imagine how God feels and how he longs for us to be at home with him? That's why Jesus came. A rescuer has been born to you. I shared that Isaiah 53 passage. I didn't share the whole passage. So let's go back to that Hebrew scripture. 
Uh, look what it says in Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. We've all wandered. We're all Shrek. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the inequity of us all, the sin of us all. He transferred it to Jesus so we could have an at-home relationship with God. Jesus didn't come, please hear me on this, to keep us from sin, but he did promise to become our sin and to save us from our sin and forgive us of our sins. So important, so important. Because of Christmas, you never have to feel alone when it comes to you and God ever again. Jesus came to remedy all that. And in closing, that leads me to Shrek. What happened after they discovered him? He kind of became an international phenomenon. You can Google him now. There's books. I read a book. Books, websites, videos. They had an international um, broadcast of Shrek when they brought him back. And in 20 minutes, they sheared Shrek and removed from him six years of burdens. This is what Shrek looked like after he got sheared. Look at this. Looks more sheep-like, doesn't he? Everyone, I'm going to wrap this up and pray in a minute, but can I just get your best attention for a minute? This is what we were all created to be, the best version of ourselves. Jesus didn't come to add religious weight to your life and burden your life. Jesus came to remove the burdens and to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Shrek couldn't save himself. Neither can we. Jesus, as a matter of fact, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 17, said this, and we're going to pray after this. I didn't come to judge you. I didn't come to point a finger at you. I came to save you. I came to rescue you. And through Jesus, we can become the best version of ourselves. That's what Christmas is all about, a time to release your fear. So you can have a relationship with God based on love. A time to taste your forever relationship by having an intimacy with Jesus that's day to day. Not a religious intimacy. Week to week, day to day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this. Jesus, thank you for coming and grabbing us and getting our attention on nights like this. Thank you that we get to celebrate and sing the carols and and say how much we love you coming to earth. The bottom line, Lord, is um, you're a much better savior than we are at sinning. So tonight, for every wandering heart, tonight for every moral rebel, all the sheep, they've gone astray. I say to you from the heart of God, it's time to come home. Time to stop wandering. That weight and burden you're carrying, you weren't created for it. But God knew you'd have it. And maybe he brought you here tonight to say this. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to step into your life and make you the very best version of you that you can become. I think God has you here tonight, maybe just to hear. It's time to come home reorient your life towards Jesus. Just try it. 
Lord, may a blessing rest with each one of us. May we respond like the shepherds did when they said, let's go. May we go towards you. We love you and thank you. And we lay our burdens down. Rescue us, please. We need it. This city needs it. This country needs it. This world needs it. Thank you that you came for it, for us. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We believe you're here for a reason, and we would love to connect with you more. Our campuses are located in Redwood City, California. You can find us online at wearepcc.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for We Are PCC.